0: Only then, that which is nameless, comes into being.
1: This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti Podcast is based on a major theme of the philosopher's talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, beauty, intelligence and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is Psychological Evolution. Upcoming themes are loneliness, nature and the environment, and negation. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK. For more information about activities and programmes at Brockwood, such as the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre, Brockwood Park School, and more about the Foundation, please visit our website at kfoundation.org. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. This week's podcast has four sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's first talk in Sarnan, 1982, titled, We have become like this through evolution.
0: We have evolved through Million years if you do not accept million years, at least twenty five thousand years, we have evolved, grown through time, accumulating a lot of experience, knowledge and what has happened to us as human beings. What has happened to man after all these centuries upon centuries? Please, together we are investing it. You are not looking at the picture I am drawing. Because that is the only problem in the world now. Either we are going to destroy ourselves through hatred, through antagonism, through brutality and nationalism and so on, or question not only the the political world, the religious world, the world of entertainment, the world of philosophy, the world of morality, and discover for ourselves, why? We, ha- we are what we are. We have become violent, brutal, savage, fighting each other in the name of peace, in the name of country, in the name of honour. hating each other. There is the economic war, the religious war, the actual physical war. We are producing armaments, the industrial countries. As one heard the other day, one country is producing so much they're exporting 80% of their armament and 20% keeping to their own country def- de- defence. The investigator asked, what, do you do? what happens to the 80%? We said, we don't care as long as it goes out. So that the so-called enemy buys your, ins- your armaments and then kills you, which you have produced. This is actually happening. That is man. So one asks oneself why we have become like this. Perpetual conflict, both inward and outward, politically, religiously, economically, and in our relationship with each other, the people who hate and do all kinds of mischievous things, the religious leader talking everlastingly about peace, And there is no peace on earth. There is no justice on earth. But only war, killing each other by word, by a phrase, by an idea, conflict between ideologies. I am sure you we know all this. The East and the West, the totalitarians and the so-called democratic. But when you observe dispassionately, without any bias, the national patriotic spirit dividing people, killing each other. This is what man, after millennia upon millennia, has become. That is, through evolution, of the, he has become what he is now. Through various cultures, through great technology, marvellous architecture, great paintings, music, but inwardly he is more or less the same as he has been for millennia. That is a fact. It is not a statement by the speaker which you have to accept. This is an obvious daily, observable, dispassionate fact. If time has brought us to this level, to this condition, and if we proceed to depend on time evolution will continue the same pattern of hate, of wars, of destroying each other, hatred, wanting to be violent, terror, and all the rest of it. This has been going on historically, psychologically, for the last 10,000 or 50,000 years, this tribalism. So we must first observe this, then discover for ourselves, see the fact evolution, which is time, has brought us to this state. Right? Time has brought us to this state. And if we proceed along the same way as we are doing now, that is, accepting evolution, we will continue the same pattern. We must be clear on this subject. Tradition, which is the past, tradition of war, tradition of war tradition of nationalism the tradition of isolation isolated communities which is all the forms of tribalism savagery included in that tribalism and this is our tradition each country must look after itself at the expense of other countries. Patriotism is extolled, praised, called a new spirit. And there is internationalism, which is absurd if you look at it. How can isolated countries have any relationship internationally? they are isolated they look at the world from their isolated point of view <coughs> these are all everyday actual facts so when we'll us and I hope you are asking this yourself, if we go along this pattern, this tradition, modern or ancient, we will perpetuate wars, nationalism, isolation. If that is very clear, that we will inevitably follow the same pattern, if we accept that we are going to bring about (coughs) a psychological transformation through time... You understand all this? We shall go into what we mean by time. If we accept The psychological change, the self-centred activity, which can be transformed through time, it is a fallacy. It's an illusion. Don't accept what the speaker is saying. That is he is saying. We have accepted this tradition of tribalism, isolation, nationally, economically and religiously, and if we pursue that same direction, the same path, we shall be as we are now, in spite of time. You understand this? Is this clear between us? So what shall we do? That is the real problem. There is no other problem. Economic, war, all the horrors that are going on in the world. This is the central problem. The central problem which is, man has become like this through evolution, through time, brutal, violent, terror, always ready to kill another at the drop of a hat, hating others, antagonism, which is perpetual conflict between himself and in the world. We have lived like that.
1: Religiously,
0: economically, politically, psychologically, inwardly. We have lived like this for 50,000 years. Nobody inquires into that. Why we live like this? why we are willing to kill another in the name of God, in the name of ideologies, in the name of patri- patriotism, and so on, so on. We are no better than we were fifty thousand years ago, only we have more civilised, we have better bathrooms, better means of killing others, better literature, music, those are all peripheral activities, forms of entertainment. But inwardly, in our depth, in our heart, in our minds, we remain what we have been through evolution, through time, and we have not fundamentally changed. That's a fact, isn't it? We have peripheral advantages, better communication, better hygiene, that are doctors and so on, so on, medicine. That is the peripheral activity. But at the centre, deep down in ourselves, we are actually what we are, being, after these long centuries of evolution. Right? Is this clear? You are not accepting what the speaker says. First, see the tragedy of it all. You are highly intellectual. Or tremendously emotional, romantic, worshipping images, which the tribes do. Only we worship in a more... Pleasant place, better architecture, but it's the same spirit. And outwardly, this is the state. Inwardly, in our consciousness, in our way of thinking, is Isolating. Each one of us thinks that he is separate from another. Outwardly, we have produced a world that is isolating itself, each group, each community, each religion, each country. And they are in this isolation, they are seeking security. Which is what is happening. England, British says, we must be secure in our isolation. And other countries are doing exactly the same thing. That is, they feel in isolating themselves by a name, British, German, French, American, Russian, enclosing themselves a certain frontier, which is the isolating process, they feel they are secure. Of course. And inwardly we are doing exactly the same thing. Each one of us feels he is isolated, he is separate, divided from all others is encouraged this isolating self-centered process through religion. Which religions have said you are separate, you are a separate soul, you, that soul must be saved. In our education we are and en- Educated to be separate, to be isolated, seek your own success. And our own conditioning is along the lines of me, my center, myself, my isolation. And in through that isolation, I hope to find a relationship. So there is this isolating process, outwardly and inwardly, is bringing tremendous conflict. Right? Please don't agree with me, for God's sake. Look at look at each one of us. We have our own problems, our own desire to fulfil, to become, to be something, to be a great artist, to be a great painter, to be a great writer, to become something. Which is me becoming, I, in isolation. Right? And you are doing exactly the same thing to become something, in isolation, through your ambition, through your greed, through your drive of desire. And another is doing exactly the same, following the same pattern. So, please, look at it, that we want to be secure outwardly and inwardly through isolation. Right? That is a fact, irrefutable fact. You might not like it, but that is so. Each one is seeking his own salvation, his own happiness, his own isolating process of self-centred activity. So one questions whether there is any kind of radical change in isolation. You understand my question?
1: The second extract is from the first talk in Sahnen 1979 titled Psychologically There Is No Tomorrow.
0: We are thinking together about the whole question of psychological evolution. This man, throughout the millennia, has been accustomed, is used, conditioned to think that he will evolve. I am this today, give me time to change. I am envious, frightened, burdened with enormous sorrow. and. I must have time to get over it, to go beyond it. This is what we are used to. So the speaker is saying whether such psychological evolution exists at all or it is the invention of thought. because it says, I cannot change today, give me time, for God's sake, tomorrow, the everlasting becoming. I will be successful as an executive, as a first-class engineer, or a first-class carpenter, all those need skill and you need time. But we are asking, is there psychological evolution at all? The me becoming something. You understand? That? We are thinking together, not about whether time exists psychologically or not. We are thinking together. Therefore, there is no opposition. Right? So let us examine the whole conditioning of becoming together. Not you understand? Don't come to any conclusion. Or if you have conclusions, let go and find out. You see the problem? If one's conditioning allows time, then you are caught in the whole movement of becoming. That is, I am angry, one is angry, allow, me, allow time to dissolve that anger. That is your, one's condition, that is one's habit. And if you cling to that, we cannot think together. Therefore it is important to find out if you are clinging to something and at the same time trying to think together. Right? If I cling to my belief, to my experience according to that belief, and you, likewise, we can never think together. We can never cooperate together. There is no action which is not divisive. You. So are we prepared to investigate together? Investigate implies looking, observing, thinking, rationally, sanely, patiently, deeply. Am I, as one, free to enquire into this question. The me, the self centred activity, the constant movement. Whether you are asleep, awake, walking, dreaming, talking, it's this constant central activity of me. has that a tomorrow a progressive ending of it. Or a progressive continuity of it, a refinement of it. All that demands tomorrow. Now, psychologically, is there a tomorrow? Please, this is very. Serious question. One, uh, the speaker put this question to somebody some time ago, and the person said, "Oh Lord, I'm going to meet my husband tomorrow." You understand? Oh come on, there is nothing difficult. Don't be puzzled. All her anxiety, hope, pleasure – you follow? – the whole memory of the husband. And if there is no tomorrow, what is my husband? Right? Don't please, together, we are free together to inquire into this question. I'm, the speaker is not imposing a thing on you. But it is very important to find out if there is a tomorrow. If there is no tomorrow, What takes place? We know what takes place when we have allowed multiple tomorrows. Postponement, laziness, indolence, gradually achieving something, enlightenment. You understand? Nirvana, all the rest of it. Through many lives, progress – you follow? – I wonder if you follow all this, the seriousness of this investigation. If there is no tomorrow, psychologically, then what happens to the quality of your mind? The mind that is thinking together what is the quality of the mind the mind not your mind my mind but the mind that has seen the whole move progressive movement of becoming the me becoming that has seen what is involved in this self-achieving, self-becoming, and what is involved when psychologically there is no tomorrow. No future. Do you understand, sir? Psychologically, then there is a tremendous revolution. Right? Is this taking place with you? That's what is important, not the words, not the speaker, what he is taking. But actually, (coughs) actual means that which is happening now, the actuality. Is the actuality that in investigating together the mind has discovered the truth that there is no tomorrow, psychologically, then what takes place with the quality of one's mind? You understand what I am saying? All religions, Christian, Catholic, all the rest of it, have all said tomorrow is important. Tomorrow is Christian world, one life. When you die, one life only. The Asiatic world says multiple lives. Probably you, you neither believe or accept either of those two. I don't know. but. When you begin to investigate the whole psychological movement, the me, the X becoming becoming you follow what is involved, gradual you suffer and go on gradually lessening suffering till ultimately you are free either in this life or in successive lives. The Christians accept this life, one life, and the Asiatics accept many, many lives. You follow? That is, psychologically, one life and psychologically, multiple lives. And together, you and I have looked at it without any prejudice, Without any conclusion, we are observing the fact how people are caught in this.
1: The third extract is from Krishnamurti's third talk in Bombay 1983, titled Ending Fear Now.
0: The psyche, that is, the bundle of all your thinking, of all your feelings, of all your conclusions, beliefs, gods, hopes, fears, and all that, that's a, That's the, your bundle, that's your consciousness. That's what you are. Is that clear? That is what you are, that is what your consciousness is. Your consciousness is made up of all these things – your gods, your knowledge, your faith, your hope, your fears, your pleasures, your conclusions, your loneliness and the great fear of sorrow, pain. All that is your consciousness. We are asking whether that consciousness has evolution at all. Evolution means becoming what you are more and more and more. Is that it? You've understood this? That is, I am greedy, envious, while can greed evolve into non-greed or anger, loneliness become something gradually to something else. You're following all this? are we making things clear? Right? Are we, or we are all gone to sleep after a hard day? Please, this is a rather difficult subject. Because all our tradition All our religious training, our belief, our faith, and all the sacred, so-called sacred literature tell you that you will become something if you make an effort, if you strive after, if you meditate. from this to that, from what you are to what you should be, that is, evolution. Now we are, the speaker is denying all that. You understand? The speaker is saying, Greed can never become better. Greed. It is only the ending of something, not becoming something. You understand? You, most of you, probably believe in reincarnation. I don't know why. Fairly obvious why. Why you believe in it? That is. From this life to next life, where you will have better opportunities, where you will be little bit nobler, where you will have little more comfort, more enlightenment. That is from what you are to become what you should be. That's called. Evolution. The speaker is questioning that. He said there is no such thing as psychological evolution. We have to understand the nature of that statement, what is implied. That enlightenment, deep perception of that which is through that which is beyond time, is not through progress, through a continuity. So there is no movement as evolution of the psyche. Which means there is no becoming. I don't become noble. I don't achieve enlightenment. If I practice, if I strive, if I deny this and control my, and so on, which is gradation in achievement. So, one has to understand the nature of time. Time, as we said, essentially means to divide, break. Time implies a beginning and an ending. So we are going to talk over together the nature of fear, whether fear can end now or it must end gradually. You understand the point? We are used to the idea that gradually we will be rid of fear. Which is. I am afraid, but give me time, I'll be over it. You understood? Right? Please don't look at me, it's not worth looking at me, just think together. So we are going to find out for ourselves, whether fear can disappear through time or the very time itself is the root of fear. Right? Is that clear? So what is the root of fear? Please inquired together what is root of it, what is the cause of it. What is fear? We all know what fear is. Fear of not becoming, not achieving, fear of the dark, fear of authority fear of your wife or husband. Fear has many, many, many aspects. We are not concerned with the many facets of fear. Or wipe away one or two fears, it is like cutting the branches of a tree. But if you want to destroy the tree, you must uproot the tree, go to the very root of it. So we are together, and please look at your own fear. You may put on saintly robes, take vows. And all that kind of stuff, but there is there is fear in you. So, look at that fear. What is that fear? What is fear? Fear of an accident. Fear of disease. And of course, there is the fear ultimate fear which is of death or or the fear of living and most of you who put on these strange robes and (coughs) garlands of fear of living makes no difference does it What the speaker is saying, it will make no difference to those who are dressed in this fancy dress, will it? They'll go on. Because they have got this idea that fear can be surrendered to an idea and they'll be free of it. Fear is much too deep to understand, to surrender it or to dispel it, or to control it, or to suppress it. One must inquire into the root of it. What is the root of fear? Is it not time, is it not Remembrance? Is it not an experience which you have had which was painful and the fear of it recurring again? Fear of disease? These are all the symptoms. We are not dealing with symptoms. We are concerned. Whether it's possible to approve totally all fear. If that's clear, that we are concerned not with a particular fear, not your own special neurotic fear, but the nature, the structure, the cause of fear. Because where there is a cause, there is an end. So we are going to together find out the cause. We are saying one of the causes of fear is time. that is, the future, that is, fear of what might happen, fear of the past, which is time, which is a remembrance, which is thought. So we are asking. Is time and thought are they root of the of fear? Are they the cause of fear? You understand my question? I am afraid of what might happen. That's the future. Or I am afraid of something that has happened in the past that might happen again. That is the past invading the present, modifying itself and going on. (coughs) Right? So time is one of the factors of fear. It's so obvious, isn't it? Now we are asking whether thought is also a factor of fear. And if there is a difference (coughs) between time and thought, we are saying that thought and time are the root of fear. We explained somewhat, you can work it out for yourself, <coughs> the nature of time. Time is division, as day, yesterday, today and tomorrow. Time of something that has happened which was painful a week ago and might happen again. The remembrance of the past projecting into the future and be afraid of that which might happen. Now, is thought one of the causes or the cause of of fear. So what is thought? What is thinking? The, The most ignorant who doesn't know how to read or write who lives in a small village, poverty ridden, unhappy? He thinks too, as you think, as the scientist thinks. So thinking is shared by all. So it is not your thinking, it's not. Individual thinking. I know it's difficult to accept this, go into it. You think at the moment, I hope. And we are asking is thought one of the factors of fear? And so we are investigating what is thinking. Thinking is shared by all humanity, whether the most educated, sophisticated, rich, powerful and all the rest of it, or by the most simple, ignorant, half-starving person. It is common to all. Therefore, it's not your thinking. You may express your thinking differently. And I may express it in different words. But, it, but the fact is that we both think. And thinking is not yours or mine. It's thinking. Right? So what is thinking? Why has it become so extraordinarily important in our life? Please understand this, give your mind to this, because love and thinking cannot go together. Compassion is not the product of thought. Love cannot exist in the shadow of thought. Love is not remembrance. So you must understand, please, give your heart and mind to the understanding of this, <coughs> That. Thinking is common to all of us. It is not individual thinking. You may express it differently, another express it differently, most scholastically, most capable, but another may not, but thinking is is shared by all. So what is thinking? When you are, asked, when that, <coughs> when that question is put to you, you are, You begin to think, don't you? Or do you listen to the question? If you listen to the question. Which is, your mind is not interfering with your conclusions, with your ideas and so on. If you are listening with all your attention, which means with all your senses, totally awakened, then you will see for yourself. What is the origin of thinking? The origin of thinking is experience. Experience gives knowledge, whether it is scientific knowledge, or the knowledge about your wife or husband, experience, knowledge stored in the brain as memory, and (coughs) response of memory is thinking. Right? This is very simple, it's a fact. You cannot think if there is no memory, if there is no knowledge, if there is no experience. So thinking is a process of time. Right? Because knowledge is a process of time. And knowledge being never complete about anything, including your wife or your husband, or about your guru, knowledge can never be complete, therefore thought can never be complete, it must always be fragmented. Right? Is it clear? So, fear is the child of hope. Right? I am afraid because I've done something not right, and it might—I might be condemned for it. That is to think about it. You understand? This is simple enough. Right, sir? So thought (coughs) and time are the factors of fear. Now is thought different from time or thought is time? Thought is a movement, isn't it? It's a material process. Whatever thought has done is material. Your gods are created by thought. Your rituals are created by thought. All the things that go on in the name of religion are created by thought. The gods, the gurus, everything is created by thought. And thought being limited, fragmented, because knowledge is limited, And all action then becomes limited. And where there is limitation there must be fear. So we are asking, is thought and time work together or are they different? There is only thought which divides as time, as progress, as evolution, as becoming. Sirs, as we said, please, explore all this, search out, don't let your brains become dull, by knowledge, by doing all the rubbish we do. Life is both intellect, emotion, senses, but if you let thought dominate them all, as we do, then our life becomes fragmented, shallow, empty.
1: The final extract this week is from the first talk in Sanan 1984 titled, What You Are Now, You Will Be.
0: I am what I have been, and what I will be is what I am now. If I don't change now, I will be tomorrow exactly what I am. Clear? we're together in this. Not verbally, not theoretically, but actually, that we now contain all time, apart from learning a language, learning a skill, you understand? Writing a letter, that requires time. To come from one place to another, that requires time. But psychologically, inwardly, all time is now. Right? You see the danger of it? You see the difficulty of it? That there is no tomorrow. There is only now. That means there is no becoming. Right? There is no psychological evolution at all. This is good. You understand? It's not, I am going to achieve something. That means time. You understand? I want, say, suppose I want to be illuminated, whatever that may mean. I want to find truth all the rest of it that means in the future right clear the future is now what I am right if I don't fundamentally change the future is what I am tomorrow right what I am now tomorrow Clear? Then, from then, we can go on to something very complex. If we see the truth of this, that there is no psychological evolution at all, there is no becoming, There is no what I am, but what I will be. The future is now. If I don't radically change now, I'll be exactly tomorrow what I am. Right? That means seeing the truth that there is no psychological becoming. The psyche, which is the essence of the self, thinks in terms of becoming. Right? You follow all this? This is not an intellectual feat, this is a simple, obvious fact. Christianity is one way of expressing it resurrection reaching God attaining heaven which is expressed in the Asiatic world differently but is the same movement right that is I am this I will gradually become that that is never to think in terms of graduality, gradualness. You understand all this? I need time gradually to learn a skill. Right? I need many years to learn to dance well in a ballet, from childhood I must begin to play the violin. I must begin when I'm very very young, if I've got the talent, forgot I've got the passion behind me. And also I feel the same movement is carried over into the psychological area I must one day reach. Right? That's why you belong to various groups, various gurus. You put on various dresses, robes to be different because you want to change something. So if you see the truth, the absolute truth, that all time is contained in the now, to realize the depth of it is rather frightening. When you say, I hope to see you tomorrow, I love you tomorrow, you understand? So either that love is now in its entirety, or not at all. If this is very clear, the the absolute clarity of it, that the psyche has no future. You understand? That you have no future. that is because what you are now you will be unless fundamental mutation which is a biological word but good word to use unless there is fund mutation now you will be what you are